There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. After the apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. Season 4, episode 5. Government. Brad was exhausted. He had spent the morning supervising the construction of the trench around the perimeter. They were making good progress, but never enough and never fast enough. He knew Rome wasn't built in a day, but that would be cold comfort when the next storm came. He could not remember the last time he had gotten a good night's sleep. Since the battle, he had been busy inventorying what had been used, what was damaged, and what was left. In the heat of the action against the king, there hadn't been much focus on controlling the checkout of items and materials. Now, he would be the one to clean up the inventory records. Wars were expensive. Would they ever find stability in this new world? although they still had more than enough. This large regional distribution center, with all its storage buildings, trucks, and containers, would take a long time to run out, even with the fighting. They had enough fuel to power the facility's generators for approximately two years, assuming they only operated their equipment and vehicles on a similar level as current drawdown. They had plenty of food as well. The cold storage would last as long as the power stayed on. Living was getting harder, but they were still in better shape than the rest of the world. Now... It was just a question of being able to defend, rebuild, and fortify. It had been a long few months since he didn't die from the virus. For not the first time, he wondered if maybe the people who died were the lucky ones. Everything changed for the worse after the virus hit. It had been a constant struggle to survive. Now he was back at the distribution center where he had worked before the end of the world. They struggled more than ever to defend what they had and bring some sort of order to the chaos of the apocalypse. 
Now he sat with Mags and her second-in-command, Michael, across from the visitor at a cafeteria table that had been turned into an impromptu meeting space. A coffee pot clicked on the heat in the corner, keeping a pot warm. A refrigeration unit hummed in the background. Brad looked at his hands. There was dirt under his fingernails. He hadn't had time to get cleaned up. He felt greasy and itchy. He really needed a shower and to wash his hair. There was never enough time. Looking up, he noticed a few of the fluorescent bulbs were dead in the ceiling fixtures, skewing weird shadows on the wall. He added replacing them to his list of tasks with a scribbled note. It was getting harder to keep up. Their situation was like owning an old car that broke every time you drove it. The entropy of neglect was what the old man called it. Brad made another note to visit the old man at the infirmary. If he could find the time. He noticed Janet was not seated at the table. She sat off to one side, observing. Brad didn't know why. But she scared him sometimes, like having a semi-feral animal in the room. Mags introduced each member of her team in turn and their roles. She started with herself and Michael and ended with Brad. Brent acknowledged them and introduced himself as well. He made some cursory small talk about how the weather seemed to be turning hot again. And wasn't it strange weather? And they agreed that the whole world has gone crazy. How many millions of meetings had been started over the history of mankind with talk about the weather. It struck Brad as strange that they clung to polite meeting habits, even as they sat in the middle of a war-ravaged apocalypse. Habits die hard. Once the niceties of etiquette had been satisfied, the visitor explained who he was and why he was there. He introduced himself as Brent Dominion. Brad watched him closely as he talked. He had the upright posture of a military man and the easy confidence of one who has learned to work with fear and death. He was not threatening per se, but comfortable in his own skin in a way that made him genuine and held your attention. His calm and control contrasted with the quiet menace of Janet sitting across the room. Brad guessed that the man was in his forties but fit and sharp. 
He could have been forty or a well-maintained fifty. It was hard to tell. He wasn't wearing a uniform, but seemed to be wearing one nonetheless. In the way he carried himself in his khakis and sport coat, Brad looked down to make yet another note in the open notebook on the table in front of him. Thank you for meeting with me today. Let me get right to the point and not waste your time. As you have heard, I represent the military authority out of the facility near Oak Ridge. We are working to keep the government going and to rebuild. My mission here today is to fill you in on the protocols we're following and to see how we can help each other. He emphasized the we. Brad, being a local kid, knew about Oak Ridge, and before he could stop himself, he asked, "'Isn't that where the nukes are?' Everyone looked at Brad, and he felt the heat rising in his face. He probably should have stayed quiet. Brent paused and smiled. "'Yes, the National Laboratory is part of our Aegis.' He replied to Brad and waited patiently to see if there was a follow-up. Mags spoke up, taking control of the conversation. Brent, Janet filled me in on what your situation is at the bunker. We appreciate you coming to talk with us, and we appreciate you being direct with us. I'll return the favor. What exactly do you want from us? Brad was glad Mags had intervened. She had business-like confidence, not unlike the visitor. They seemed to be cut from the same cloth. Brad could also see Mags was looking healthier. She was recovered from the beating she had taken from Harlan when he and Tasker escaped. What a mess that had been! He had been worried she might die. For the first week, Brad almost couldn't recognize her through the ugly swelling of her face. But now the purple-green bruises were faded, almost gone, and she had that firm confidence back. That was good news. They needed her and her leadership. She still looked tired, but with the successful defense of the distribution facility, she had earned the D.C. community's loyalty for her leadership. Brent smiled in response to her question. Well, don't worry. We don't need your supplies. We've got plenty. Food, medicine, and almost everything that survivors need at the bunker. It was stocked specifically for long-term survival. He paused to let that sink in, then continued, What we're short on is people. So, our first ask is for volunteers. Anyone who'd be willing, join us to help us rebuild the government. He continued, You see... 
We're at a critical point now. If we don't act quickly and aggressively to reestablish government control, we may miss the opportunity. And if that happens, we risk society as we know it collapsing. We're trying to prevent the nation from devolving into lawless chaos. The good news, he said, is that we have a plan for this situation. It's a set of protocols called a continuation of government protocols. It's a step-by-step plan to get us back on our feet. He paused here and said beseechingly, We just need people to get the protocols working. We lost most of our staff to the plague. And that's my mission. We need people, all skill sets, to accomplish it, to start reestablishing law and order and good governance, to help the country bounce back from this plague. Mags responded. People can join you if they choose to, Mags said. I won't stop them, but we're short-staffed too. She thought for a moment. How exactly are you planning to rebuild the government? Our vision is to reestablish a national government based on the Constitution over the next three to five years. And how we will do that is just like you're doing here, one community at a time, one resource at a time. In the beginning, we will need to rely on local authority to get things done. But eventually, we'll pull it all together at the regional level and eventually as a nation, Brent added. We'd like you to be part of the process. We'd also like you to stay in communication with us to make your community here part of the government rebuilding effort. Mags was silent and appeared to be choosing words carefully. When she finally spoke, it was slowly and with conviction. Don't take this the wrong way, Mr. Dominion, but I don't care about your government or its protocols. The government wasn't much of a deterrent to the virus. The government wasn't here to protect us from the king's dogs. No offense, she continued, "'raising her palms up in front of her to quiet any objections. "'But rebuilding the U.S. government at this point is a pipe dream. "'You go ahead and do what you want, "'but we've got our own people here, our own community. "'We don't have the resources to spare to help you. "'We're fighting to survive already, fighting and dying. "'I did my time for your government. That's in the past.' We're going to make a life for ourselves here as best we can. We offer our community members sanctuary, stability, and safety in numbers. I can't fix what's happened to the world, but I can protect what we have here. And that's what I intend to do, she concluded. It was Brent's turn to choose his words. I appreciate that, ma'am, but aren't we stronger together? I'm not asking you to pull up stakes and come join us. All I'm asking is for you to believe in a future where the government is functioning and you're a part of it. He paused and took a different tack. Frankly, ma'am, it looks like you could use friends. I see you building walls and digging moats. What are you going to end up with here? A medieval fortified town? Are you going to plant crops and grow livestock while the rest of the country devolves into the Dark Ages? Citizenship comes with responsibility. Brad could see 
color rising in Mag's neck and face. He saw that these two were getting under each other's skin and wondered if he should intervene. But before he could think of a way to calm the conversation, Mags responded, Yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. That's my vision. We're going to build a community right here with the people we have. And we're going to build schools and teach our children. We're going to rebuild our own way of life. And we're going to protect it. That's what we can control. We're not going to grind ourselves under the wheels of some misguided government program. What about the law? Brent continued. Brad could see he was starting to get frustrated. How are you going to force these scared people to do the right thing? I saw those cattle cars full of men you have. What are you going to do? Will you put them on trial? Have a mass hanging? What would you have us do? Mags asked, angered and exasperated. Those men are murderers, and we don't have a prison to put them in. Brad could see the conversation about law had Janet's attention now, and sure enough, she spoke up, adding fuel to the fire. We could put you in there with them, she said. The conversation had turned into an argument. Things were getting heated. This was going to end badly. Brad had had enough. He stood up. The chair squealed across the tiles loudly. Everyone looked at him. Can we all just take it down a notch here? He was shaking. We all want the same thing. Survival and stability for our people. Can we focus on that? Brad turned to Brent and added, It's not just us here at the D.C. There are other communities. There's a community at a nearby campus and another in a trailer park. We've been working together. He paused. Wouldn't it be better to have this conversation with them in the room? Brad's intervention deflated the combative mood. Mags began again. Okay, listen, Brent. How about... You start by taking those prisoners off our hands. That'd be great. They're just wasting resources, and the longer we have them here, the more likely something bad is going to happen, one way or the other. I can do that, Brent said soberly. We have facilities for it. Mags turned to Michael and Brad. Hook up some tractor trailers and get some drivers. Be ready to haul those men up to Knoxville. Brent looked around the room and settled his gaze on Mags. I apologize if I got a bit excited just now. I'd take my mission seriously. We all do, Mags replied coldly. Well, I do appreciate your hospitality, ma'am. I'll take those prisoners off your hands. Consider it a sign of good faith. He continued, Do you think I could talk to these other communities that Brad mentioned? I think that could be arranged, she replied. May we set a date to reconvene then? I'll see if I can get my leadership to come. I'll talk to the others and send you word. You can bring your leaders if you want, but I'll tell them the same thing. 
We're going to build a community here with or without your government's help. Brad watched as Mag stood up, signaling an end to the meeting. He wondered why these two were butting heads. Brent stood as well and extended his hand. Mags looked at it for a second before reaching out to shake it. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Salutations. Hello again, my survivor friends. Hope everything is well with you. If you are keeping up with the bi-weekly publishing schedule, this episode will find you in the beginning of October. And this one took some turns, some twists and turns in the writing and editing. Not for the first time this season. I started out with the intention of including multiple scenes, two or three contextual scenes in the episode, but then realized that I only had room for one as the words started to to fall onto the page. So I had to trim off a few thousand words or so before it got out. And so all of that fell on the proverbial cutting room floor. We'll see if that makes it back into future episodes. Maybe it'll make it easier for future episodes because I'll already have a head start. And the other thing that happened is my editors, because this is a busy time of year for everybody, they were far afield and doing other things, and I couldn't get them to read and do their input until quite late in the production schedule. And then Robert, it might not have mattered anyhow, because Robert, our voice actor over at Command Voices, commandvoices.com, had uh, jury duty this week. So we're, we're muddling through. Here we are, season four, episode five. And I do find that this time of year, at least where I live, everyone seems a bit more stressed out and busy. It seems to be a really busy time of year. So what has Chris been reading? Thank you for asking. So this is either a funny story or a cautionary tale or just the sad reality of my attention span. I read a book called Only Human by Sylvain Nouval, and I liked it for the most part. It's written in this sort of dispatches format uh, where each chapter is like an excerpt from an interview or a 
you know, a situation of some sort. And it has this nice short sentences, almost like bullets, and it moves along very well. And the copy I have is a 2018 Del Rey hardcover of 330 pages. But as I was reading it, you know, and I, I realized this is good hard science fiction about aliens, alien races monkeying with human DNA, giant robots that are not only war machines, but also spacecraft that can teleport. All good hard science fiction stuff. It lagged a bit in the middle with some of the character exposition. I'll admit to skimming ahead a little bit in there. But I was interested enough to stick with it through the end. And although the sticker price on this hardcover edition was $28, I bought it, of course, out of the bargain bin at Job Lot for $3.99 when I was down at Cape Cod earlier this summer. And from the cover, it looked like some sort of interesting artificial intelligence story, which it was not. But you don't do too much research when you're shopping in the bargain bin. So I began reading it a couple of weeks ago when I was back down Cape Cod and picked it up down there at my house. And as I was reading it, this is the... uh, the, the callback here, the amusing part of this about my intention span, I kept thinking, you know what? This is a good book and everything, but there's a whole lot of backstory here that the author's either just skipping or skimming over or assuming I know already. There's all this backstory sort of alluded to in the book. And the author's tone in some places suggested to me that he was kind of tired of this universe and looking for the exit. And sure enough, you know, I finished the book before I did this, but sure enough, when I researched a bit, I found that I was reading the third book in a trilogy. What the hell? You know, I felt a bit hornswoggled. It was like I got all the spoilers in a pile of, pile of crumbs. Has this ever happened to you? You accidentally or otherwise pick a book from the middle of the series or the end of a series? But, you know, in the end, it's probably a good learning experience for me because as I turned my own uh, After the Apocalypse season manuscripts into a book series, I need to think about that, right? If you dropped into season two, would you be able to figure out what's going on? Probably not. A couple of uh, years ago, I read the entire Lost Fleet series by Jack Campbell. Six books worth. Good, good read if you like military sci-fi. And I remember clearly thinking about this because um, they have this. He he would have this similar summary exposition somewhere in the first couple of chapters of each book in the series. Sort of a a brief summary of how did we get here, just enough so so that a reader who randomly picked up one of the middle books of the series would still have enough context to enjoy the story. So it's a good lesson for me as I turn these scripts into books. I'll need to engineer that introductory summary exposition, the how did we get here into the middle books of the series so they can stand alone. And my publishing progress, I did get the structural edits back on the season one manuscript from clever editors. I would heartily recommend Christine over there. I am impressed with her work, and you can shoot me a note if you would like to be introduced or connected. She gave me a succinct, professional, and useful 
set of feedback on plot, character, world building, and of course structure. Now I just have to find the time to work through it, which I have no idea how I'm going to do that. I gave myself an arbitrary deadline to try to work through this by the end of the year to publish something. Um, I So I'm out talking to other indie authors to see if I can divine the optimal path forward to bring this stuff, this universe, into print. But I think I'm probably going to do it as uh, Amazon Publishing, which I've done before with nonfiction books, so I know how to do that. So what is Chris watching? I should have learned my lesson here, but... After enjoying Iron Sky, the space Nazi movie from 2012, I enjoyed that so much that I went back for more, and I watched Iron Sky 2, The Coming Race from 2019, also on Tubi. Now, this movie had the same sort of decent production value, but holy cow, did they ever jump the shark and go full Sharknado. It was just pure camp, very silly. Ironically, it had aliens tweaking our DNA and dinosaurs. I mean, what didn't it have? It jumped the shark. It was just a silly, silly movie. And then next, I watched a 2003 Australian zombie-alien movie called Undead. And I usually gravitate towards these Aussie films because of their tone. They have this sort of sense of humor with them. And they usually do a lot with a little... But this one was was pretty disappointing. They really couldn't figure out what kind of movie they wanted it to be. So you can probably pass on that one. And finally, I watched the latest in the Hellboy franchise from 2019. So I don't know if this was supposed to be a remake or a sequel or something else. And, you know, frankly, the movie really didn't know what it was supposed to be either. When I clicked on it, I thought I was going to rewatch the original Hellboy, right? So they sort of set it up to look like that original Hellboy, which was a pretty good movie, right? And then I was confused when I started watching it because they replaced Ron Perlman with Gary Harbour in the Hellboy role. And it just was confusing because, again, they tried to make it really close to the original, but it was just off enough to be unnerving. So I kept watching, but the movie, it was all over the place. And frankly, Harbor is no Pearlman. So they should have either gone a different direction or not done it. They cramps in so many diverse elements of fantasy and fairy tales that it was like a monster cameo sketch. Maybe the original cut made sense and the editors ruined it. I don't know, but it was hard to keep up and it did not have much of a payoff. But, and here's the good news, it did have Mila Jojovich in it, and I'll watch anything with Mila in it, so there's that. All right, let me take you towards the exit. As we move you towards the exit, don't forget all the ways you can support the show. I'll put the links in here, in this post, and in the show notes. Just a quick reminder here that there should be a button in your podcast player that says something like show notes. And you can see everything, the links in there. And remember, you can get these end-of-show comments, these comments here, emailed to your inbox if you go over and subscribe to the blog at oldmanapocalypse.com. You can can communicate with me there. We'd love to hear from our listeners. You can come over and join us in our Facebook bunker, and we'll roll out a soiled 
mattress for you. And as the leaves turn crunchy and fall to the melancholy ground, stay relaxed, stay detached. You only get so much time on this ball of dirt. Don't spend it being miserable. And keep surviving. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.